This episode is brought to you by Santos Threads. Make sure to visit Santos-Threads for the latest and greatest in men's and women's Latino urban-inspired streetwear. Visit santos-threads.com. Hey, you are now listening to the Santos Says Podcast, episode number 41. Nah, we not done. All right, I want to invite you guys. Make sure to follow me on social media, on Instagram, Santos Thread Shop, as well as on TikTok, Santos Thread Shop. And of course, don't forget, check out santos-threads.com. Here again with you guys, your host, proud owner of Santos Threads. Santos, right back at you with another episode. Really happy to be here on this wonderful spring day. And of course, um, today we have a special guest. Of course, I always say all my guests are special because they agreed to come on my show. So if you agree to come on my podcast, then guess what? You're a special guest. It's just what it is. But um, I'm very happy. I have the privilege of having this individual come on my show today for this episode. On this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about immigration matters. We're going to talk with someone who is a DACA recipient. And she's going to explain what DACA is. A lot of people, a lot of Americans don't know what DACA is. She's going to educate all of us. And she's going to let us know what DACA is, D-A-C-A, DACA. So she's going to talk about, she's a DACA recipient, a community activist and organizer, uh, community organizer, you name it, uh, activist about immigration rights, about dreamers' rights. And we're going to get into some of these topics and we're going to do it. What better way to do it than to converse with someone who has, uh, you know, knowledge from firsthand experience. And um, her name is Eva Santos Bellos, and she's going to join us on this episode of the podcast. I'm really looking forward to speaking to her because um, she's done things with CUNY TV. She's done all kinds of uh, marches. She's organized all types of things. And quite frankly, I was impressed with a lot of the effort that I've seen uh, her put forth. And of course, without further ado, she's she's right there backstage. I'm going to put her on in a couple seconds. Um, but I've been really impressed with all the things she's been doing. And I felt like I really needed to have her come on here. And what better way uh, to talk about DACA, immigration issues, and um, all those things, and, and really kind of educate the masses in a way that is relatable than to have someone with that firsthand experience. So without further ado, I want to welcome to the show, episode number 41, I'd like to welcome to the show my guest. She is an activist. She she is a DACA recipient, as I've mentioned, community organizer. She's grassroots. She's in it. She's deep in it, and she lives this. And so I'm going to have her come on right now. Without further ado, Eva Santos Velos. Thank you so much. Thank you. Super, super excited to be here finally with my yeah. Santos brother. Yeah. Another mother. Uh, thank right. you so much. I think this was like, um, we've been like trying to schedule this for a while and I am super excited to be here. Thank you so much. No, of course. The, the, the pleasure is mine. You're right. And, and I, you know, I saw your story months ago, right? And I was trying to get you on here. Our, our you know, our schedules are all over the place and we couldn't do it, but I'm glad we were able to make it happen now. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it to be here and to like, you know, without my demands and, and 
to continue to educate people on like our movement. Yeah, yeah, 100%, because I, I think, you know, and that's one reason why I wanted to have you here as well, because um, I've done things, you know, bilingual, it's mostly an English program, but it's, it's really, we've done things in a bilingual format as well sometimes, but because a lot of, I have audience from all over, so having that dialogue in English, because you're gonna see, you hear the DACA dialogue and immigration in the Latin community, in Spanish, right? But I think in English, we need to also kind of educate the general public. Um, and I think I felt like what better way to do that than to have someone such as yourself with the experience that you have. And, um, you know, and without further delay, we'll get right into it because I, I just, your story is very interesting. Thanks. So no problem. So, but without, so let's, let's get into to your story, right? Um, I did a little homework on you. I had to do homework on you because I can't have you here without knowing what we're going to talk about, right? So um, yeah. with with you, you right away on your social media, one of the things that comes up, DACA recipient. Talk to us about, you have it there as a badge of honor. Now, talk to us about what it is to be a DACA recipient and how, and just your story. This is your floor. Go ahead. Thank so much. Well, my name is Eva Santos Veloz, and and yeah, I'm 32 years old, and I am a Dominican DACA recipient. Um, if no one like if um, you're not familiar with DACA is DACA is a program that Obama implemented back in 2012 that allows undocumented youth um, the right to work, um, have a work permit, have a license, basically have a normal life, um, but only in increments of two years. Um, we have to renew our DACA every two years, and it is only a temporary protection. Um, it can be taken away at any time. Um, just like they stop um, new applications, they can stop renewal. So I can lose my status um, whenever they decide. So that's why like one of the reasons why I joined the movement as a DACA recipient is because we deserve as undocumented community a permanent protection. Like um, as, as, as young adults and, and a lot of young people and our parents, mostly our parents are the first dreamers that came into this country. Um, they brought us here and, and there's so many um, um, parents out there and all, like still generations um, out there that continue to remain undocumented. Um, so that's why like I hold being a DACA recipient with a badge of honor because DACA, even, if it, even though that is temporary, it changed my life because it gave me the right to have a work permit, work on the books, um, be able to provide for my children um, in a way that it was more um, stable, you know, because now I had a job on the books. It was no longer on the books trying to find something to do. So now like, um, and that's why I'm like, I'm super proud of being a DACA recipient and I am forever grateful um, for the opportunities that it have brought up on me, but we do deserve something like more permanent. We shouldn't be living in, in two years increments. Like I've lost my job a couple of times because my work permit will not come in time. Um, it will expire. So that's one of the things that like we continue to fight. Like we deserve something permanent because we shouldn't be going through this. Like our kids don't, how can they understand like, oh, listen, my DACA expire. I can feed you. I can pay the rent. I can pay the bills. I mean, so it's very unfortunate, like how it affects overall, like the whole family. And also DACA recipients cannot leave the country. I think that's the main big thing. Um, I have 23 wow. years. I don't, I don't visit my country. I'm from the Dominican Republic. And last time I visited was 1999. Um, DACA oh, recipients God. cannot leave 
the, the state, the United States, unless they apply for an advanced parole. Um, and that has to like, you have to prove like an emergency or like education purposes. So um, right now I'm trying to, I'm actually in the process to see, to see if I'm able to go see my grandma. Um, so I, I applied um, for advanced parole. So I'm hoping that I get approved because that's something else. Like um, you can get denied this um, travel document. So it's, it's, it's not something that is also that you apply and you're going to get. That, you know, that is so fascinating because when you, what you just said, essentially, right, it's almost it's similar to what you just said, that you cannot go back to your native land where you were born. Mm -hmm. You haven't been back there since you were a kid back in the, you know, 99, right? Yeah. So think about that. Well, you're, you're essentially living almost like the Cuban experience in a way, right? Where a lot of Cubans can relate to that. Cuban Americans, you know, Cubans that come here you know, a lot of them don't go back. They can't go back for other, obviously for other reasons. But so I found that fascinating when you mentioned that I, for one, I had to look that up to, to find that out. I did not know that at first. Um, you know, obviously that is, I mean, that is very. Yeah. I, a lot of people uh, yeah. know, um, you know, even the process to apply for DACA is, is a really long process. You have to prove that you've been in this in, um, in United States for 12 years. So you have to provide documents. So every two years, you have to pay them $500 to renew. Um, is, is, is a lot. And, and it's not permanent. That's the sad part about it, that it can be taken. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Yeah, $500. So you mean to tell, you mean to tell me that with, with everything going on, with the economy, the fact that it's only in two-year increments, mm -hmm. and to top it off, the government or the powers that be who are responsible for everything for this, they're able to collect the $500 every two years. Yeah. And there's no, 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 they nope. keep it like that. Right. No, nope. the price. Of, no, no, le da un descuento de, de, oh, yo llevo más de 10 años cogiendo that, right? All right. DACA. We wish we, we like, listen, no, we have to pay $500 wow. every year. And let me say, you have to renew 180 days prior to your DACA expiring. So it's not full. It's not a full two years. So basically, you're paying them every year and a half $500 to get a new work permit. Um, and we have to talk about the delays. Some people don't get their work permit on time. They expire. They lose their jobs. Um, some people will go months um, waiting for them to like approve, get approved of their new work permit. This is me, including myself. I used to work in a bank. And I had a great career and they just decided to take five months to send my work permit. When I, when I need, when I, um, when I got it, they didn't even need me anymore. So it, it does affect a lot of people's life. Like for me, like I can travel and I love my grandma. She's 92. Um, and I, I, I can't see her. Like she, she usually travels here to the, um, to you, to the States, but she's, she can no longer like walk on her own. So now it's like, is being more difficult for me because she can no longer come here because she used to travel here to see me because I am the only undocumented from my family. Um, and I can, she can no longer do that. So I'm like, it's unfair. Like we shouldn't be going through this and so many other people out there. This is why I, I started advocating and activism because we deserve a permanent protection. Last year or last year, um, I know you've seen in my in Instagram, we fought for a pathway to citizenship yeah. for 11 millions to be included in the Build Back Better package, to be included in the Build Back Better plan. And we 
we, we wasn't like at the end of the day, after so much fight and so much rallies and so much marches, um, President Biden felt um, to keep his promises. Um, he promised that he was going to deliver something permanent for us. And he has not. So um, this is where we are. Um, but we're never we're not going to give up. That's one thing. We are going to always continue to fight. I think nosotros los Latinos. Mm -hmm. Somos conocidos por eso. We are powerful and we are strong and we don't give up. Like, um, and, and we're going to continue to do that. Um, and, and to voice out our, our demands for my children, so many children out there that deserve to have a peace of mind, like their parents are no longer going to um, live on, on the uncertainty that they're going to be deported. Um, like right now, um, they just funded for more money for ICE and CBP, for detention centers. Um, a lot of people don't know that on, under Biden administration, there has been actually more people deported than, than in Trump's. Um, and it's crazy to think about that. Um, so this is where we are. We're going to continue to fight for like um, ending like ICE and CBP, no more deportations and um, and uh, permanent protections for for like um, our community. Yeah, no. And, and look, what you said right there would blow a lot of people's minds as far as what you said, more immigrants being deported under Biden than under Trump. This is the thing that people need to understand. And I always try to, when I talk politics, I try to be down the middle because yep. I, because mm -hmm. I, right? Because people get crazy, but the facts are the facts, right? And so if this, this being a fact, if this is a fact, then it doesn't matter what the party is, right? Mm -hmm. it, you have to, tiene que cumplir. You know, like if you're saying you're going to do something, you have to come through with it, Re regardless of the party, Democrat, Republican, Independent, whatever you are. And so to me, I think it's, uh, and I, I've been critical as far as there's great people like you and people who are you're working with who are active in, in the community. And I commend you for that. But I always believe Latinos as a whole, I always felt like we could do a lot better as far as being more outspoken about some of these issues because I feel sometimes that we're too afraid to shake the tree, if you will, if that yeah. makes sense. We're too passive sometimes. And I've always said, you know, Latinos with, with numbers alone, forget about you just forget about just you know splitting us the countries, you know, Caribe, Sur America, Centro America. No, you put us all together. There's too many of us. But we have to be more and I'm sure you agree with this. We have to be more assertive. And I think, and that includes educating people to let them know. I, I listen, I can, I am so with you in that. Like one of the reasons why I joined also this movement, because I am Dominican and Dominicans don't voice out a lot being undocumented. Um, I don't know. They don't voice out a lot being DACA recipients. Um, you hear a lot. DACA recipients are Central Americans. DACA recipients are from. That's um, a good point. In general, are only from a certain portion, and immigrants come from a whole different part of the world: Dominicans, Asians, um, Haitians. So many parts. If, if we all come together and understand that we all are the same, and and even Dominicans, like for a long time, I, here in New York City, I was looking for a voice, and I was looking for an organization in my community, and I didn't find it. I didn't find that person. I was like. Oh my God, I need to rally. I need to make things happen for our community. And I, and I couldn't see that. And I, that was like, okay, I can't find that person. I'm going to be that person. Um, Cause I know there's so many other people out there that feel the same way. So I'm going to be that person for them that um, for the future. Cause I know there's so many young girls out there and young, young men's out there 
that feel lost just like me um, because of the same thing. We they, they are being failed to be educated more. And I think, like you said, if we educate our community and our and our people of what is currently happening and we stand up and work together, things will change, like for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is my this. So this is a question I want to ask you, since you mentioned you talked about being a dreamer. Mm -hmm. um, what does it mean to you to be a dreamer? Number one. And number two, obviously, that pride of um, the state of Dominicana or being a Dominican woman yeah. that you still, regardless of how long it's been since you've been back home, you always going to carry that with you. So talk to me about what, what, what is that like for you? Sure. Um, I think the, the description or uh, uh, the meaning behind being a dreamer is being, um, is the endurance that we have. I think dreamers are like um, super strong individuals that have been brought up in, circumstances that make them a better human and a more um, connected and powerful person. Um, I think they have identified um, dreamers as, oh, they, 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 um, they contribute to the country, they pay their taxes, they work hard. But I think it's much more deeper than that. Um, I think it's the endurance that we have had and our parents for so many years to fight and to continue on regardless of like the attacks that we get. And the failed promises that we get. And, and that's why we are dreamers, because we dream and we fight and we continue on to make sure that we are better, bettering ourselves and, and, and educating other people and dreaming and making sure that we continue to fight for what we deserve and, and demand. Because dreams are about that. Like when you dream is like when you say, oh, my God, I had a beautiful dream. It's something that you want, probably wanted to happen. Um, that's why we are dreamers, because we are always dreaming of a better, like ahead, a better future. And we are also fighting for it at the same time. And yeah. with my Dominican roots, um, my family, uh, I think, you know, my mom is super Dominican. And I think one of the I've always been very connected to my roots. I've never been um, never wanted to be like, oh, I've been 20 years here. I'm, I'm, I'm American. Americana. Not at all. Um, a lot of people tell me like you've been here 20 years and you have an accent like you 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 from you you live in um, Dominican Republic and it's my mom my mom my family my grandma um, we are very like um, attached like with each other and I, we always kept in contact um, and they come here and I, I still eat Dominican food all the time and I think our roots has has never left us even though we left the country. We brought it here with us. Um, and, and I will always have my roots with me. I'm always saying, like, anywhere I'm going to introduce myself, I'm like, I'm a Dominican DACA recipient. For me, I think that it's so important because I need people to know I'm Dominican because Dominicans don't voice out a lot um, that they're undocumented. So that's why I introduce myself. Hi, I am a Dominican DACA recipient because I need I need people to understand, like, we are here. We're here. Um and we exist and we are here to fight just like everyone else. And we, and we're together. Um, and you're, and, and you're not alone. Cause I, I've heard so many times like, Oh my God, you're Dominican. It's so nice. Cause yeah. I never, you know, DACA recipient that is Dominican. And it's just like, yes, we are here and we're here for you. And I want everyone to know like Dominicans are here as well for like everyone else and for our community. And I just want every other Dominican to join me and, and be with me in this movement. Right, right. No, I I commend you for that because you know, I think like like you mentioned a little while ago too. Just there are people who are kind of afraid to speak up, right? And I think in in the case where you mentioned with uh, some of our 
Dominicans in the Dominican community, some may be afraid to kind of, or may kind of feel this, this sense of, you know, they, they don't want, they feel like it's not their place to speak up on it. They kind of want to just lay under the radar a little bit. And that's not the case. You don't have to be that way because you're proving that you can make an impact. You're able to, you know, just with your voice, you're able to make an impact and kind of talk, you know, speak for people who may have been, right? You may influence somebody else who may have been a little ashamed to speak about those issues, right? They're not ashamed of where they come from, but they may not, they may have a story like yours and they don't, they don't feel the confidence like you feel to say, hey, I'm a DACA recipient. I'm Dominican. Yeah. And what? And I have to renew next month or whatever. Yeah. Right? But I'm here. I feel and- I felt the same way, like for years, like I, I, for a very long time, I felt like super lost and like, I didn't know what to do. And I felt alone. And I, and I understand like how many, uh, there's a lot of people that feel that way. And and that's something I want to change. I wish like, sometimes I wish like I could just reach to everyone and be like, Hey, how can I help you? Cause I felt the same. And I always, and I still feel lost all the, sometimes in a lot of things, you know? Um, and, and, but it's good to have a community and, and people like, like, like you, like I can reach out like, Hey, I have, um, I have this, I have this questions or, or I need this help. And, and, and I think if we always, we all come together, um, we won't be so alone in a country that has left us, um, so alone. Um, right. 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 Like we'll be together. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with you. And, and one of the things that, you know, because for me, I'll tell you quite frankly, obviously, um, I'm Puerto Rican, so it's different, yeah. right? Obviously, we're American citizens, it's different. But if there were more, I say this, I can speak on this. Since if there were more Puerto Ricans who actually took the time and other American citizens who took the time to listen to these stories and educate ourselves as well, we can be an ally as well. And I just feel like it's important to educate and kind of, right? Because though it doesn't apply to us, directly it could apply to a friend it could apply to a spouse it could apply to you don't know somebody who you know it could apply to all kinds of people that you may care about so i feel like it's important for us to also be an ally although it does not directly affect us we should be have that awareness and so i think that's part of the reason why i wanted you to come here as well thank you so thank you so much um for like um, bringing me here, I, I, I like I'm like super excited. Like when you reached out, I was like, yes, finally, I'm, I'm going to take some time because like um, I've been wanting to come. And, and, and for me, it's so important just to continue to educate people in all platforms, because um, like you said, you're Puerto Rican and you will not see a lot of interest in, in like in that community for this causes. And right. Like you said, it will be amazing if like a lot of more people will um, come together to educate themselves and just learn how this is affecting us. And and like you say, it might not be affecting you directly because you're a U.S. citizen, but you might have a kid that tomorrow marries an undocumented person. That's um, right. You mm-hmm. know, you might have a, a, a brother that marries an undocumented person. You never know. You never really know how like this is going to affect you until it actually is around you and we don't have to wait for that there's so many people out there that is currently being affected by that and if we just see the bigger picture 
like we don't have to be affected by cancer to support that, right? We don't have to be affected by, um, we don't have to be affected by, um, let's say, HIV to support that, to walk for that. It's just the same thing for the undocumented community. Like we deserve the same support from all around the country, from all around the world, because um, we we have been struggling for a long time, you know? And, and like you said, if people just educate themselves, um, things will be so much different. Absolutely, absolutely. So getting back to your some of your, your history, your past, um, where did you grow up? I grew up here in the Bronx, New York. Um, okay. I came here when I was actually three years old. It was when my mom brought us here. Um, and then she went back to the Dominican Republic when I was seven and then came back when I was nine and we never left again. That was in 1999. So I've been in the Bronx ever since. Um, um, I've, I've been in the Bronx ever since. And, and this is where I live. And my children also live here and my mom and my siblings. Um, we are currently all here, but we are just us. Um, we don't have any families here. Um, or all my family is in the Dominican Republic. I don't have aunts. I don't have uncles. I don't have nephews, nieces. Uh, and I don't have no, we don't have anyone here. We just, us. Really? it's just, um, it was always my mom, my brother, my sister and myself. And obviously, obviously now my children, because um, I, I have them now, but it has. It was just the four of us. I, I, not, I didn't. We didn't have anybody here for years. This is this is what I'm gonna ask you now. I'm gonna ask you a not a tough question, but I'm gonna ask you a question that a lot of people might ask you. You know what it is, right? No, no, no. You I'm had not. to have been approached that because understanding Dominicans, I've been around <laughs> Dominicans. Okay, I know my wife is Dominican. My kids are half Dominican, so this is the what I'm gonna ask you. Um, someone has had to come up to you to say at some point and ask you, Hey, would you like to be a citizen? I know such and such and such has, have you ever received any proposals like that? Now, if I'm going too far, you don't have to answer, but I'm just asking, I'm just asking, you don't have to be specific, but I mean, just to know, because it had to have come up at some point. Right. Um, what is your, what are your views on that? Um, I've been offered many times, um, yes. okay. many times I've been offered that option. Um, but I've never wanted to take in that path. Um, um, for me, I felt like if I was going to marry someone, it's going to, it was going to be because, um, this is a person that I want to like actually be with. Um, and good point. And I think one of the things that my mom taught me because my mom was the undocumented for 25 years it was like, I'll do things the right way or, or if not, I'm not going to do them. Um, so I'm not going to say like, it's a tempting, um, it's a tempting thing. Cause you will just get it over with. Like, All right. yeah. and, and, and it's very known in the Dominican community, in the Dominican community, mostly that this is the way that they like fix their documents. And it's why I also started activism because I was like, listen, I need to educate you. I need to educate you all that. This is not the only way that we make documents. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I actually go to the consulate. I, I, I go to the consulate here in New York and, yeah. I, mm -hmm. and I and I be arguing, um, trying to like get them resources and guidance for like the DACA recipients. And I'm like, I need them to know like there's other ways to have documents, even if it's not permanent. Um, not only getting married, like um, 
that's my, I'm always fighting that, like, with my community, just to educate them more, like, um, Hey, I had to ask because I I know how it is. You know, it's, it's not saying that it, you know, is one of those things that is just a reality, right? So I wanted to ask because I felt that it had to have come up at some point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get asked, I, I did, I get asked that question now, like three times throughout this whole year. Like, um, I think in a rally, some some person just came to me and he was like, I have a question. And I was like, yeah, why don't you just get married and you fix your documents? And I was like, um, and it really caught me off guard. And I was like, right, oh, right. Yeah. You know, it's not something I really want to do. <laughs> you know what, though? I can, you know what? I commend you because I, I'll tell you what. And again, I'm not telling you that I'm not saying it's something you should do. No, I'm, no, no, you I know, right. I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying I'm just bringing it up because, I mean, it's, it's for so many. It's a way to to do it. Right. It's almost like an easy fix. Yeah. Now, nothing is easy. But, but my, and my thing is, I look at it too. It's like, you're really taking, you're not really, it's, it's phony because then depending on the person, they may change on you and they may, even though they know it was for the per, you know, it's almost like you don't want to do it that way. Like when you get married, if you choose to do that, you want to do it in the right with the yeah. right reasons. You don't want to do it because for papers, like, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I don't judge, like, anyone that has, yeah. like, their like their way to, like, make sure that their life is, like, more stable, like, go ahead and do it. Um, um, but I just, like, the like I said, um, I didn't join activism because I, like, I wanted to judge them, like, oh, why are you getting married? Just to educate them, like, there's other resources and ways to, like, make this happen. Like, let's go rally. Let's go march. Let's go... Um, Let's go do those things to make sure that other people, other Dominicans don't continue to go through this. And, and it's just a matter of that. And like you said, I don't, when they ask me that, I just like, I, I laugh. Um, I don't get offended. Um, I just love when they ask me that. Cause I'm like, Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you that you asked me. Cause I, I, I love talking about that specific cause I need to let them like educate people. Like there's other ways, Dominicans that there's other ways. Yeah, no. And, and look, and you're, you're serving as an example of of that you know you are you, i mean listen that whole idea about having to renew it every two years although it's technically every one year and maybe eight or nine months right around there because of the processing time and all that pretty much it's like one year and eight months and change Correct. um given the long processing so i feel for you in that regard because it, it's i mean what do you feel are, is the next step what are the next steps if anything that can be done. What changes would you like to see done so that it that that can be easier? You can yeah. live an easier life. Uh, well, that's gotta be pressure, man. I'm telling you, I eso como una una alarma de de like you know <laughs> alarm clock. You wake up like oh, oh, it's time to get up. You know that that's exactly how it is. It's like an alarm clock that is um ticking, 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 and you don't know where it's like gonna like. Um, explode or uh, at any point, but yeah, mm -hmm. um, that guy is actually gonna have. It's gonna be. It's gonna be the 10 year anniversary on June 12th of this year. So it's been out for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I want to see is um, a permanent protection. DACA remains again um, temporary, and no new applications are being accepted. Last year, um, a judge from Texas attacked the program, and no one is able to apply for the program at this point. On um, 
So because he ruled against it. So one of the things I would like to see first is new applications to be opened up again. Um, and obviously for this to become a permanent protection for all. It's, it's going to be 10 years now, I think. They promised us this was going to be something more stable and permanent years ago, and it's 10 years now. So I think it's time. I think we have, we are deserving of it. We have fought enough and we have contributed enough in many ways to um, the country to be able to receive something permanent. Absolutely. And, and you know, DACA recipients um, and immigrants alike, people, um, the Latinos, the immigrants out there are vital, are essential to this country's economy. And they would not, you know, the common American would not realize that until they're not here. And so that's that's something that people need to get through their heads, right? And I think with you voicing that, it's so crucial to make changes. And I feel like it's, I mean, it's it's great. Like it's it's great that people such as you, yourself, are, are really rallying other people, like-minded individuals to help you out with this. And mentioning that, I saw something, I saw some footage of you. You had a couple of programs that you were on, that you were a part of on CUNY TV. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about those programs that you were on. You were there, you were talking and you're talking <laughs> about th those experiences on CUNY TV. Uh, well, that was a really nice experience. That's actually how I, um, I started um, also the um, advocating and activism. It was last year. Um, they were looking for stories of dreamers and I apply. So it's a, a, um, it's a series. It's like a short mini series of stories from dreamers from New York City. They have been documenting my story and other undocumented um, immigrants from the city what they do, how they work. Myself, they have been documenting like my activism since it started. So anyone is able to go watch like from episode one to like, till now, like how things have been happening since day one. So it's super nice to be able to see the progression of like the rallies and like the demands and how they failed us eventually. And also there's many other beautiful, beautiful stories in, in, in that CUNY TV um, channel from other immigrants that anyone can also learn a lot from. They have Cesar, they have um, Jalixa. So it's really, it's really, um, really nice. Um, I recommend for everyone to watch. No, it's great. I, I saw, you know, I saw bits and pieces of both of the ones you did. And um, it was interesting. I saw you there. One of the things, one of the big takeaways for me that you were saying was like, oh, I thought that this is funny because a lot of people think this, right? Like you're like, oh yeah, I thought putting people together was just going out and screaming and making a lot of noise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I really thought that is uh for a long time when I, I used to sit down and watch rallies and marches, I was like, they probably just go and put people there. Um just gather people. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot mm -hmm. of work to do that, but it's a, it's very rewarding. Um, it's very fulfilling, like um once this, everything is done and you're able to see how you were able to like impact so many people and reach to so many people and bring so many people together for one cause, like it's amazing for me. I think um, back in uh, June when I did the rally in Foley Square that like over a hundred people show up and then march for me across the Brooklyn Bridge. I was like, 
I couldn't believe I was able to get all those people there. And I was like, oh, yeah, so it is a lot of work. <laughs> it's not as easy because I, I really thought it was just like, hey, listen, just come, just show up. <laughs> you know, I'm a rally, but you need permits. You need to make sure everything is by the book. You know, at least at the end of the day, we are working like with um, a community that we need to protect. So we got to make sure like everything is through the books, that we have our permits and, and that we are protecting them at at all times that, you know, if we are there to like um, voice out our demands, we don't feel scared that we're doing that at the same time, you know? Yeah. No, listen, it's, it's impressive just to see, look, 100 people is 100 people. I mean, yeah. that's right. I mean, I know people think that it's so easy that you just, hey, you know, you're going to yell on a bullhorn and you're going to get everybody's going to love it. We're going to carry signs and we're going to get a hundred thousand. We're going to work across the George Washington bridge. How about that? Right. <laughs> but 100 people was, you know, 100 people is impressive to get, you know, yeah, people was, don't want to do anything. A lot of times. It was my first time, my first rally, like my first rally. Um, I actually did my first rally in front of Schumer's office. But it was just like really little, my family, like my first beginning. But that was like my second, that was my first official rally. And um, I was super happy to be able to gather. And I was able to meet so many wonderful people there, impacted um, people as well. I will, I will tell you this. I have had the privilege. Every little bit helped. And so I have had the privilege of meeting a couple of people who are in public service. Um, I interviewed one on my last episode. I'm in contact with a couple others. And so I will share this story um, and hope that it gets the ear and the eye of, of, of people who can do things, right? Who can have some sort of an impact. And so I'll leave my little, whatever you want to call it, and uh, see what happens. And yeah. we'll I take it from there. Important. Um, the like the job that the work that you're doing, um, just raising awareness in the way, best way possible that you can, um, is extremely important. If it's so many other people will do the same in whatever platform they have, even if it was just friends. Like, listen, I read this story done, but and just advocate people more in any way in any platform, things will be uh, much more different. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so before we go. Before we wrap up, I just want to just tell the people what is it that you're working on now? And well, before you say what you're working on now, just kind of like highlight what are some of the rallies and some of the events that you've held, the, the community events that you've done? Um, okay, so um, last year um, I did my first rally in front of Chuck Schumer's um, office. That was actually my first rally. It was a DACA Not Enough rally. Um, just to demand permanent protections um, and DACA to be um, um, permanent as well. Then the second rally was in Foley Square. That's when we marched across the Brooklyn Bridge as well. And that was um, for a pathway to citizenship. That was um, to demand Biden and the Congress to include us in the Build Back Better package um, back in June. Um, that was my personal um, um, rally. Then I went to D.C. on October and I did, I did civil disobedience. So I got arrested in front of the White House um, for a pathway to citizenship. Um, it was an amazing experience. It was 51 of us. We were each one of us was representing a different state. Obviously, I was representing New York. Um, and we um, we um, we were standing in front of the White House um, and we had like 600 plus people across 
watching us um, do the civil disobedience to demand um, Democrats and um, Biden a pathway to citizenship. So we got arrested um, and the process was really fast, but um, the message was really powerful. Even though we didn't get really get anything, I think the message that we are powerful and we will demand and do whatever it takes was delivered. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, and so many other more actions um, has been going on after that. The next one that is happening is actually going to happen. I don't know if this might come out after, but it's happening May 1st. Um, and it's going to be a march for um, International Immigrant Labor Day. And it's going to be super nice. We're going to be rallying and marching here in New York City, over 600 people. So super excited about that. Yes, definitely. And this will be out right on time for that message. Awesome. So. <laughs> yeah. so Sunday, May 1st, um, if um, anyone wants to join, feel free to like follow me if they have information, if they are allies. Um, any questions, I'm here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and I know this um, took a little bit long, but I think it was worth it. Yes, absolutely. It absolutely was worth it. Um, you know, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I think that your story really can be, is an impactful story. And it's a story that can be told to others that can really help move the needle and try to get some of the change that we need um, in this country. And thank so I want to thank you for being transparent and, and sharing that story uh, with us. With, with myself and the, the people, the listeners, the audience. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me here and feel free to invite me next time. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. And I can't wait for, um, for your listeners to just um, be more educated on what, what DACA recipients are and like our current fight for like, and also just the undocumented immigrants and what the move movement is all, all about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Um, well, anything else coming down the down the line now? Um, let me know. Is there anything you have before you before you go? Anything that you have uh, lined up? What are you working well, on now? Well, um, I am, you know, I'm currently working as a distributor organizer for um, a, one of the biggest immigrant youth led network um, in the country. Um, we have actions. We do texting campaigns, phone bankings. Um, my job is based more, more of like what I was doing uh, as a volunteer doing the rallies. I'm giving the resources and the tools for other leaders to take action out there. So um, what I'm doing right now is just um, educating members across the country to go out there and take action. So right now I am I am not personally doing rallies, but I'm having um, teaching other people how to do that. There you go. The influence, you got to do it. it yeah. You can't do it by yourself. So that's the thing. Just having others on board, doing that, teaching them, showing them the tricks of the trade. Yeah. Super important. Yes. I think that's um, teaching other people what you do will, will help you be better because you cannot just be good yourself. I, I think you have to um, give your knowledge to everyone else just so they can be as good as you. So you could all be powerful. I think just one person being powerful is not enough. Like how will, how, how are we going to rule like just me? We all need to be powerful all across the country and everywhere um, and be heard and be loud. 
I don't want to just be loud in New York. I want to be loud all across the country and I cannot be everywhere else. So I'm going to teach other people well, um, to do that so we can all be everywhere. 100%. Um, well, that's all we got. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on, sharing your story. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing what you do next. And so we'll definitely be watching. And um, I really appreciate hearing your story. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. And I can't wait to see this. And I hope everyone likes it and is able to learn a lot from it. Thank you so much, Eva Santos Velos. And of course, um, thank you so much. And we'll, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Okay, bye. Take care. Yeah, so that was really interesting. And I think, you know, even I learned stuff. I mean, I learned things. I always love to pick the brains of other people who know more about certain things than I know. I don't know. I always tell people, I try to know a little bit of everything, but sometimes I know nothing, right? I don't know everything. So it's always great to learn about these things. And even if they don't, as I said earlier, even if they don't directly affect us, it's important to find out about the plight and some of the struggles that other communities and other people in this country have. It's, it's super important. We should never just care about something that directly affects us. Never. We should always try to open our ears and our eyes and our consciousness to the struggles and some of the, the things that are going on with others. It's super important. So I want to thank my guest. Definitely. She, she was great. I'm looking forward to seeing what she does. DACA, Washington, D.C., America. There, some changes need to happen. And um, hopefully things will continue to move in the right direction. Um, obviously, what Eva was saying, I love what she was doing. She's got her, her she's in the grassroots. She's doing the things that need to be done. And so I'm glad to see that. And um, that's all. That was episode number 41. Um, so shout out to her. Thank, uh, thank her, of course. Uh, I thank Eva Santos Velos. And of course, don't forget to follow me on social media, Santos Thread Shop on Instagram. Also on TikTok, Santos Thread Shop. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like, subscribe, comment, share. It costs you nothing, people. Come on, let's not be stingy. Let's, come on, let's do it right. Of course, I'm wearing right here. I should have said this in the beginning of the episode, but I'll say it now because I do got to, you know, I sell merch, you know. I mean, anybody watching on YouTube, if you're listening on the audio podcast, I'll paint the picture for you. You can go to santos-threads.com. You can check out the merch that I have. I'm wearing this Hector Lavo, Hector Lavo t-shirt right here. And this hat that says El Cantante in gold lettering. I mean, this right here is just, come on. Who doesn't like Hector Lavoe? Anyway, that's all I got. So, as always, don't just say what you mean or mean what you say. Say it with your chest. Peace. <laughs>